Let's talk politics. Let's talk emotion. Let's talk about other movies we've seen. Let's talk about popularity. Let's talk about this baseball. Let's talk solutions. Come on, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Good morning. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk, a podcast designed to promote and facilitate conversations for a better world. I'm your host, 22-year-old writer and journalist from Chicago, Illinois, Ryan Wangman. And here today, we have a special treat for you. We've got two additional members of the Wangman clan here to talk about voting um, and how it is looked across different generations what that first time voting experience has looked like or what it will look like in the fall so i guess to start us off dad and i'm hoping to also be a part of this conversation dad what do you remember about your first time voting and uh, how does it differ from what we're seeing today well, before I answer that question, Ryan, it's obvious you just want to goose the ratings, and that's why you're having me back now for the third time. First baseball, then then tornado, and uh, and I guess both of those now lead into voting. So the question was, what do I remember? I mean, I don't think all of your audience realizes, you know, how old some of us are. So I'm in my mid fifties. <laughs> we got Casey over here who's just turned eighteen, so. She's uh, looking at her very first vote. And when you were asking me, this is all for me just to buy time to remember when did I vote for the first time. And uh, that would have been 1984. I would have been 18. Um, and it would have been George, or I'm sorry, it would have been Ronald Reagan's. He was already president for four years. And he was now running against... Walter Mondale, and I actually had to look that up. I kind of remembered it. And what was the point of distinction? He picked a female running mate, which back in the day, that was pretty crazy and unheard of. Um, But what was I doing? Well, that would have been November of 84, so I was a freshman in college, just like you're going to be in a couple days. So what was I most concerned about? Being a freshman in college. Did I vote? Yes, I voted. Um, But as I remember, it was pretty rude awakening because so I come from a Democratic family. It's pretty much, you know, no brainer to vote Democratic. I don't think back then we really realized what Reagan was all about. I mean, he seemed benign enough, right? But uh, so I just remembered voting for Mondale and and Geraldine and uh, they got absolutely destroyed. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that would be the first uh, my first go around. And then the second one would have been 1988. And that's when uh, George, original George Bush, I don't senior or whatever his initial is, W. H.W. H.W. That's when he ran, and all what, what all we could put up against him was uh, Michael Dukakis, which is a nice guy, but uh, yeah, he wasn't going to swing the day. So I don't know. The first two times out of the gate, it was uh, actually pretty depressing. Yeah, and I think voting is a lot of the times portrayed as you know this is the this is the civic duty, this is the one thing you have to do. But I think for a lot of young people, especially, it's been hard to actually mobilize them and get them out to vote. And, and Casey, I'm kind of curious. With your, you know, dad talks about, you know, being concerned with being a freshman in college. Obviously, that's probably 
where you're at right now, but has there been any kind of conversations among people your age, among people in high school, especially leading up to this election? Was there kind of a different energy, a different kind of stakes being realized now that the the nominee is, well, not the nominee, but the sitting president is Donald John Trump? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I think I have the privilege of going to public school in a pretty urban area. So, you know, most students are really involved in activism, super involved in, you know, getting out there and voting. And not not only that, but social media is so prevalent in our everyday lives that, you know, infographics are so readily available to us, you know, just the click of a button. So I think nowadays, at least the people that I'm surrounded by, you know, are pretty educated and willing to go out there and vote. And just from a, an emotion standpoint, and it's okay if you don't have any specific emotions tied to voting or, or being able to vote for the first time, you know, what do you, what did you feel when you voted in the primaries? And if you don't mind me asking, who did you vote for and, uh, and, and why? Well, the primaries, honestly, I didn't really have any idea what I was doing. I think <laughs> you printed some ballots for me to take in and sort of follow when I was entering it in on the electronic ballot, which was also very interesting. Um, you don't have to have like uh, some, you know, amazing. Do you remember who you voted for? Bernie Sanders, and I will stand by that 100%. Yeah, and so and yeah. my dad's over here, over here sighing. Um, but I think what's important to remember is Bernie Sanders. You know, is a candidate, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that is inspired a lot of young people to want to go out and vote because of the things he talks about and the passion with which he speaks. So, you know, do you feel like when you were first voting, did you have those candidates that really inspired you? And and what what makes you shake your head about Bernie? today those are two diff- totally different questions <laughs> all right I like Bernie Bernie's a good man I love the fact that he's energized a group um, I'm probably more of what would be called a centrist a Democrat so uh, most of my policies I kind of uh, lean a little bit more liberal but from an economic standpoint I like I like when there's compromise down the middle. I like some fiscal responsibility. So uh, so back to Bernie. So the issue I always had with Bernie was I just didn't understand how his things were going to get paid for. Oh. Um, and I also just, just from a, a candidate and what goes into winning an election and what groups have to be energized and stuff like that um i i thought he was going to have some problems in some different areas but luckily that's past us now we can all just galvanize behind uh behind our candidate and that's what i'm most scared about because i look at the two of you and you really really don't want to get on board um and i think this there's no better time than this to swallow whatever you know, it wasn't your candidate, but still, the number one goal is to defeat the orange mess. But the, see, the thing that I think is so important in just talking about my own election experience is that, you know, we already had this this kind of choice of between a moderate Democrat with a ton of experience going up against this 
you know, rogue player who doesn't play by the rules, you know, you talking about, oh, well, we, we know what we've seen. Donald Trump broke that whole mold. And I think for me, thinking about my first election being, you know, the Clinton-Trump 2016 election, it has changed the way I think about politics forever. No longer do I think, oh, the best way is to go right down the middle because we it was already tried and, it you know, the strategy didn't work. Um, but I guess, you know, Casey, what, you know, looking forward, like, do you think that this election being so high stakes, does, does that make you think about it in a different way? And you talk about the era of social media, does how candidates run their campaigns, has that had an influence over how you vote? Well, absolutely. I mean, every day I can go on Twitter, Instagram, see videos, Donald Trump spitting lies, you know, the media that I choose to intake and, you know, educate myself on. So, yeah, definitely. How about you, Dad? Um, well, I think it's pretty crazy, right, where they can't actually go out and, and meet in person and stuff and fire up the crowds. I really think that's... I don't know who that's going to impact more, right? Because Donald certainly needs to get out and get his people crazy. And he does that better in person. And obviously, I don't know if they're going to debate. I'd actually tell Biden not to debate. Like, what's the advantage of debating somebody who doesn't follow the rules of, of just truth, right? There's no, I don't know that there's any upside um, of, of Biden going out there. Because we know that... As, as genuinely nice a man as he is, uh, he, he might make some serious gaffes as he has in the past. So better to just go quiet and see whether, I don't know, it worries me. Um, but uh, yeah, nothing's normal these days. So, but I need to get, um, what I'm most worried about is still looking at the two of you who can't get over the fact that your candidate didn't get the nomination for a second time. And you really, I mean, the alternative is just so much worse. So anyway, that was, I don't know whether, it is It is weird, right? No con, real conventions. Did anybody watch them? Uh, I didn't. Um, I don't know. I do know uh, that I will put on a plastic suit or whatever I have to do to actually go vote. I'm not going to mail in the vote. I don't, now I don't trust the, you know, the post office to be able to get get my uh my my ballot to it so our little uh historical society around the corner where we're all packed in bring it on this is this is a vote worth uh you know uh worth risking your health for i think because if you don't you know your health's going to get on the line if uh mr donald wins and our is on the line <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could say, I mean, 180,000 plus dead from a deadly disease. And I think it's it's a lot to ask of people to, to you know, go and vote. But I think part of the design of making mail-in votes, you know, wishy-washy and subject to a lot of scrutiny is to uh, discourage people who can't actually sure. go to vote or don't want to. No. Um, and so, Casey, what? Just another question for you: What do you think the you know the when you're talking about looking at Instagram, looking at social media, what what's the biggest kind of issue that you see people posting about or talking about um, 
in the recent days. And it's okay if one doesn't stick out, but I'm just kind of curious as to, you know, you receive your news on the, you know, dad, you receive your news on the issues and you are, you know, you've figured out your positions in different ways than our, our generation that has been raised on this, where the dissemination of ideas between different people can go so quickly. So I'm just kind of curious as to what you think. I mean, I think as a white woman, I have the privilege to not care about politics. But I think the important thing is to educate yourself and to, you know, really make it the task to learn more about the candidates and learn more about the policies that you support and the candidates that are for those. And so, you know, I don't have the... You don't have... You don't have the specific policies in mind or any specific issues that people are, are seem to be talking about in, in the run-up to this election, this very important special election? Nothing in particular? Well, that's okay. Well, I think that's been the problem. That we've got such... It's just about personalities at this point that, and the pandemic has thrown haywire to everything. It used to be before both parties staking out what their policies were, how you know against major issues, but we don't really see any conversation going on against specific issues. It's more just, listen, he's he's completely pooped the bed in terms of managing this national crisis. We need somebody else in there. That's a basically the the main. You know, there is no talking about the deficit, talking about health care. You know, m- you know. Abortion, all those things that used to be key kind of dividing lines, we don't even talk about it. It's just, you want a crazy man or not? You know, you, you know it's 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 kind of weird, right? At least from my perspective, that there's not a lot of depth going on into. It's just panic mode. I well, I think the bar has been dropped so low. I mean, you talk about we're not even having any conversation on the issues. It's all about is this man fit to serve in office? And I think the, the part that's more important to understand is that a large sector of America doesn't care about that. They just care about him being an outsider, him playing by his own rules, and it doesn't matter. So I guess I guess my final question to, to both of you, and you can take a stab at it, um, you know, do you think that you know win or lose this is going to change fundamentally how we see politics going forward because there's no going you know as much as trump wants to say make america great again there's no going back to the way politics were before this yeah i think it is it's going to be huge because whoever wins i mean if he wins i think you know there will be a revolt in the streets i i do think that normal people will say okay this is crazy um and then if Biden wins, I mean, unfortunately, he inherits an absolute mess, right? So what's he actually going to do to govern, like to get us out of crisis and get us back into something that looks somewhat like normal? That is not easy, right? And I think it's not just the presidential. Does, is the Senate going to switch? I mean, what would, you know, that that could, you know, because if it doesn't and it's, it remains the House divided, then how's anything going to really get pushed forward in any kind of way? Because it'll just be back to the old days of Obama where they just fought every move regardless of whether it made sense or not, just because, just because. So 
Um, I think, yeah, I, I, even if we win, I don't, I don't know if, it, it, if it's going to look as good as we think it is. I mean, I think now more than ever, we have to stand up and be allies to these marginalized groups that are attacked each and every day. Like we you know, are seeing it now with the Black Lives Matter movement, that our vote really is going to make a difference for the kids that, you know, are separated from their families. Like, I think it's definitely important that, you know, your, your vote matters. So to get out there and get out there with the Wangmans. Get out there with the Wangmans. We'll all be there on election day in November casting those. But I might actually cast my ballot early because that's how I usually roll much far fewer crowds. Um, but, yeah, I think I agree with both of you. I think this election is hugely important. It's why I want to keep putting out podcasts, you know, encouraging people to, to vote, to think about why their vote matters, to think about just the process of voting in general and the stakes of this election. So, Again, thanks for thank you both for coming on the show. Um, love to get the the differing perspectives. The you know we don't always agree on policy wise, but we do all agree that uh, that we're a family and and we we support we support voting. So so get out there and vote. And um, yeah, thanks for listening to the show today.